The expense of spirit in a waste of shame is lust in action, until action lust is perjured, murderous, bloody, full of blame, savage, extreme, rude, cruel, not to trust, enjoyed no sooner but despised it straight, past reason hunted and no sooner had, past reason hated as a swallowed bait, on purpose laid to make the taker mad, made in pursuit and in possession so, had having and in quest to have extreme, a bliss improve and proved a very woe, before a joy proposed behind a dream. All this the world well knows, yet none knows well, to shun the heaven that leads men to this hell. Welcome to Outside of a Dog's Sonnet Fortnight, where we discuss why Shakespeare's sonnets are actually really good. Welcome back to our surprisingly unromantic discussion of poems about love, romance, and nice things. This is actually the first of three consecutive sonnets that we agreed on that we definitely wanted to discuss. So, Christian, why did 129 take your fancy in such a particular way? Well, just looking at it at first glance, you see that this is unlike the others. There are lines that are just collections of words, not very pretty or nice words. Savage, extreme, rude, cruel, not to trust. These are not things you usually use to describe love or your lover. This poem is similar to yesterday's poem, a poem about disillusionment, but it's not positive disillusionment. This is about what you get in the end when you follow, maybe not love, but when you follow your lust. This is the first poem we discussed that is not part of the fair youth cycle. This is about the dark lady. And, well, Shakespeare doesn't really like the dark lady that much because what he feels for the dark lady is certainly some kind of love, but it's not the innocent and beautiful love he feels for the fair youth. This is, let's put it this way, this is just fucking. He really, really doesn't like the passion she inspires in him because to him, passion, lust, sexuality, they only lead to drama, to pain, to emptiness. And this emptiness, again, you might read in a kind of naughty way, actually. The expense of spirit. Spirit is a common euphemism. And also, all this the world well knows, yet none knows well, to shun the heaven that leads men to this hell. Hell is another euphemism for a certain part of the female anatomy. It's not feet. So another dirty poem, which for some immature reason we enjoy. But the way he sees this lust is so negative. Lust is perjured, murderous, bloody, full of blame, savage, extreme, rude, cruel, not to trust. This reminded me of Romeo and Juliet, which is a play not really about love, actually, but about lust. These are two horny teenagers who just want to jump each other's bones. And their lust leads to acts that are savage, extreme, rude, cruel, etc., etc., you see. And this barrage of terms, this barrage of disconnected words, really seemed like it broke out, like it was something that really had been stewing for quite some time. Um, I actually noted down, this almost sounds modern. And it made me sound of your description of modernism from our first episode as a heap of broken images, a heap of broken phrases, a heap of disturbing thoughts that you just have to air out. This is a very passionate poem, but at the same time, 
it is very much aware of the dangers of passion. Maybe the heap of broken images is not so much the descriptions of passion, it's rather the broken images of the love poetry that is explicitly criticized here as well. That you might think that this thing you're following is something good, that it's bliss in proof and a joy proposed. But afterwards, it's but a dream that this idea is just an illusion. And what you get, the walk of shame, basically, is nothing good. And not a nice dream either. Past reason hated as a swallowed bait. Purpose laid to make the taker mad. What did this dark lady really do to Shakespeare that made him feel so humiliated, that made him feel so angry with her and basically turned him into a sort of... Misogynist. Misogynist. He, he is so misogynistic in these dark lady poems, which is why I feel kind of bad for enjoying them so much. Because I feel generally that the dark lady po uh, sonnets are a lot more enjoyable. And whereas with the fair youth, you know, there were often stretches of poems where I said, yeah, okay, I've read this before. Okay, yeah, been there, done that. But as soon as I got to the Dark Lady section, I wrote down poem after poem after poem that I definitely wanted to discuss because the quality just quadruples, in my opinion. I'm not so sure. They're certainly flashier. There's much more impetus behind many of them. There's, yeah, as you said, more passionate ideas. But apart from the misogyny that only describes men as being led to hell, I don't know whether these poems have the same kind of subtlety, really. They do have a dichotomy between, for example, the ideal of love or passion and what it's really like. So there is still some complexity to it. But we'll see how the other poems treat the Dark Lady and which tone they find. So tomorrow we will just go to the next Dark Lady poem, Sonnet 130. Thank you very much for listening. For more information, visit outsideofadogcast.com.